Hello, welcome back. I can't believe this is episode 4 already. I just want to take this time right now to thank you all for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate it. Today's episode will be a bit different than my previous episodes. I want to go more in depth with my stroke, my deficits right after my stroke, and what my current deficits are in 2021. Also, I want to just share why I decided to start my podcast and to share my story. To start off, I'll start with giving you a bit of a health background of me pre-stroke. I would not say I was a high-risk individual to have a stroke. First of all, I was only 24 years old and having a stroke never crossed my mind. I don't think it crosses any 20-year-old's mind. In addition to that, there is no family history. I am the first person in my family that I know of to have a stroke. I would say that I am relatively healthy. I do not have high blood pressure, no diabetes, and no high cholesterol. I do not smoke and I do not drink a lot. I just drink socially when there are parties and events. I would say that I did have stress, especially with school, new job, and just adulting in general. But I also assume that it's normal to be stressed out, especially in our 20s. And as a female, I did not take the hormonal birth control. I remember my doctor at that time asking me if I did and saying that there is a small risk in clotting when on the hormonal birth control due to the estrogen levels, but I was not on the hormonal birth control, so that didn't matter to me. Overall, I didn't live a life where there was an increased risk of having a stroke, so my stroke definitely threw me off guard. Basically, there are many different types of stroke depending which area of the brain was damaged. I had a cerebellar stroke and that affected my cerebellum. The cerebellum is located in the back of our heads and the main functions are our motor skills and our coordination. Basically, the cerebellum coordinates voluntary movements of our body, such as our balance, our vision, our posture, and our speech. Through my MRI scans and CT scans, I had a dissection in my vertebral artery that is one of the big arteries located in our neck. To sum it up, I had a tear in my artery in my neck, which supplies blood to the upper spinal cord, the cerebellum, and the posterior part of the brain. So my blood kept getting caught on the tear in that artery, which eventually formed a blood clot or clots, not sure, but that prevented blood flow from going in and out of the brain. And ta-da, that's how I had a stroke. 
I did not have blood flow into my cerebellum and it damaged that part of my brain. For me, with a cerebellar stroke, these are the deficits that I experience. I don't know if other people experience the same as me, but these are what my deficits are and I am still living with some till this day. Some are fully recovered and some are still present as of today, mostly minor at this point. So the first deficit was I lost sensation from head to toe on the left side of my body. It was weird because when I drank or ate anything, I could only feel the food or the fluids going down my throat on the right side. I couldn't feel a thing on my left side. But it was also great because all the needles I received every single day, multiple times a day, were on my left side and I did not feel a single jab. In 2021, right now, I would say 99% of my sensation is back, except on my shins. I do feel my shins, but the feeling when I prick it or just touch it differently, the feeling is different than what it feels like on my right shin. But overall, I have my sensation back and I am very happy that I can feel. The second deficit I had was the wolf vision. Thankfully, recovered on its own and I'm so glad it did. I wouldn't know what to do if I still have the wolf vision. The wolf vision gave me a lot of nausea and a lot of headaches. It also was hard for me to balance and the way I perceived things, it was weird. Thankfully, it improved as time went by. The third deficit I have is called ataxia and I had ataxia on my right side. I basically have no control over my right side. It just spazzes like no other day and I just have no coordination. And to add on, I am right-handed. So it made my life just a tad harder. I couldn't even hold the pencil without my hand and arm shaking and dropping the pencil. I still can't write like I used to in 2021, but it's actually a lot better. In the beginning, it was just all scribbles. But now, it's a bit legible. I would say... I write like uh, probably like a six-year-old and I can do most of my mundane things without dropping anything but it is still hard and a work in progress. My right leg on the other hand is better than my right arm. I can walk now, I couldn't before but it is hard for me to run or be coordinated like if I dance, I would have a harder time on my right side. But overall, I'm very happy that I can walk. It's not like I'm a dancer or a long distance runner. So running or dancing, I don't really do it every day. So it doesn't really matter to me as much. So that's good. I'm just happy that I can walk. Overall, I would say I still have some minor deficits in regards to ataxia, but I could be independent and do a lot of this stuff by myself. The fourth deficit I have is in regards to my speech. In the beginning, if I stuck out my tongue, my tongue wasn't straight, it was slanted. Today, if I stick out my tongue right now, my tongue is still slightly slanted to the right and I had minor aphasia. 
I did work with a speech language pathologist and remembered having a hard time pronouncing some words such as hereditary and I feel like sometimes some words I could jumble and stutter more often but I would say it is a lot better plus I feel like if I don't use speech a lot I probably would lose a lot of my vocabulary and the pronunciation but thankfully we use speech every single day so I get to practice my speech. The fifth deficit I have is dealing with short-term memory which is frustrating. I couldn't remember a lot of things and constantly have to get people to repeat it to me. I also have this difficulty with processing my thoughts and finding the correct words. So I remembered one of my homeworks in therapy was to watch an episode of a show and to summarize the episode. And that was really hard for me. I couldn't do it. And I do find that sometimes I still have a hard time expressing myself and my processing of my thoughts in my brain is slower than normal and sometimes I do get frustrated and it makes me feel very uncomfortable and I would just break down because I really don't know what to say or how to express it properly but I do see improvements gradually so that is good. I think that's most of the bigger deficits that I have. I probably am missing some deficits because I don't remember all of them. It's been a while and some of them I think I snapped back relatively quickly so I wouldn't consider that a deficit. I am grateful that a lot of my deficits have been resolved but it was a long time coming. I thought with one sleep, I would be back to normal in a day, but nope, that didn't happen. Recovery is a long process and everyone's timeline is different. So don't feel the pressure when you see someone ahead of you. So I really try to not feel the pressure when I see someone ahead of me. And this also applies to a lot of areas in, in life. Not going to lie, my recovery, especially in the beginning days, was tough and overwhelming. Especially the first year of post-stroke. All I wanted to do was to have my life back. It was very difficult to process and to adapt to my new life. I was so ashamed, embarrassed, and felt judged. I just wanted to hide. And I did. In the hospital, I stayed in my room all the time unless I had to go to a therapy class. It also got worse when I got discharged. I felt like everyone was looking at me in a different way because I am disabled. I needed help. I was using a wheelchair and I needed people to do stuff for me. But as I got better and I didn't need a wheelchair nor a walking aid, I also got frustrated because I felt so invisible and so alone. I felt like no one understood me. I wanted to be independent, but when I need help, I wanted that dependence and someone to care for me. It was a really tough balance to balance independence and dependence. On top of that, I was also so emotional. 
I was crying and breaking down a lot, questioning a lot of my life and why my life was like this and why did it happen to me. I was in a dark place at that time and yep, I wanted to hide and wanted help at the same time. But I also did not have the courage to speak up because I was scared of people judging me. For anyone out there that feels this way, I want you to know that you are not alone and it is okay to not be okay. I think when I finally accepted that it is okay to not be okay and to let other people know that I am not okay and that it is okay, I feel a lot of weight lift off my shoulders. One of the main reasons I started this podcast is because I wanted to be more vulnerable and sharing my story is me having that courage that I wanted, is me having the courage to be vulnerable to anyone and to be able to share my story in hopes that maybe it can just help one person. The bonus part is I can raise stroke awareness, especially to people who don't really know much about strokes. I'll end today's episode with a quote by Brene Brown. Daring greatly means the courage to be vulnerable. It means to show up and be seen, to ask for what you need, to talk about how you're feeling, to have the hard conversations. And this quote pretty much sums up my feeling in today's episode. I believe that being vulnerable can help us take another step towards our growth journey and I encourage anyone who is listening to embrace vulnerability too. It doesn't have to be sharing your whole life story to a big crowd unless you want to, but just to start small conversations about how you're feeling to your support network or to just speak up to ask for what you need. It is easier said than done. It is pretty tough have that courage but once you do it you do feel a sense of relief and it's like taking another step towards your own personal growth journey thank you for listening to today's episode cheers to growing make sure to visit my website if you haven't already where we break down this episode if you have any questions feel free to email me or post them on my website thank you for listening to a stroke of life Before I go, please show some love by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Then stay tuned for the next episode where I share more stroking stories. Lastly, and most importantly, stroke that follow button and remember to think fast and save lives. Thank you.